Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. And today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 8 of The Sopranos, titled He is Risen. This episode aired April 15th, 2001. It was written by Mitchell Burgess, Robin Green, and Todd Kessler, and it was directed by Alan Coulter. Here's the HBO synopsis for the episode. As Thanksgiving approaches, Tony's feud with Ralph escalates despite the intervention of Johnny Sack. At a frat house mixer, Meadow and Jackie Jr. find they have more in common than mob boss dads. Well, frat house mixer is how this episode begins. Such an innocent way to uh, (laughs) describe what's going on here, which is a lot of uh, ecstasy and hooking up. Right. I wanted to actually mention this at the top of the episode, but we kind of have overlooked the actress who has played Caitlin. And her name is Ari Grainer, who has been in a lot of stuff lately, actually. She's in uh, a, a show called I'm Dying Up Here. And she was in The Dis- Disaster Artist as Lisa, or as the girl who played Lisa. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and look at The Disaster Artist because uh, that was a good movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure she did a good job in that. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, her first kind of role right here in The Sopranos and uh, found it kind of uh, hilarious that it's ecstasy that is lifting her up off her feet and has taken her mind off of the depression that is New York. Yeah, and I enjoyed her little cowboy hat. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting happy Caitlin. We're getting an ecstatic Caitlin. Off the top, I'm thinking that as far as Meadow and Jackie Jr. sharing similar interests, is it just ecstasy? Because I don't know what else they could really share interest in. As the HBO synopsis right. points out, right, right from the start, I was like, is it just ecstasy? Is that what they're talking about? Uh, yeah. Another bit of awkward phrasing from the episode description department of HBO. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think their shared interest is just each other. Right. And then we get a casino night as the next scene. Um casino for the guys this is a regular establishment a new place that we haven't been to before but this seems like it's it's just one of their regular sort of hangouts where they can earn a little bit more cash right and we get right into it you know a bit of um, insight into the fallout that resulted from when uh tony smacked you know uh ralphie around after he killed Tracy. So, you know, this was a plot line that we completely skipped over in the previous episode, wasn't dealt with at all. Right. Uh, so now we're picking it back up again, and it's some uh, pretty serious stuff. I mean, what did you think of this scene? I sort of liked it. I liked the sort of subtlety of it. Yeah, I really liked... I really liked how it almost played out like a Western. Yeah, especially with the music. I mean, with, that was very intentional. Yes, the music... And it's like they're in an old saloon and you usually have a setup there where a guy, in this case, Tony, would be sort of next to or centered around his guys and Polly's there. And we get these very deliberate close-ups of all the men and very intentional wording of like... Want a drink? Not the time, Anthony. Not a time. I mean, what I appreciated about this scene was it was all about the very small gestures that send very big messages. So the fact that when, you know, Ralphie is gambling, he's on a roll, Tony comes in. The fact that Ralphie doesn't go over to Tony and acknowledge him immediately, Mm -hmm. right away, that's considered an enormous insult. The fact that he even hesitates a little bit to go greet Tony is, you know, as Gigi points out, you know, you better like, you know, get your act together or, you know, you're like at risk of getting whacked. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, when Ralphie finally does decide to go over a little late, you know, to greet Tony, Tony makes that peace offering, you know, mm-hmm. asking if he wants to share a drink, and Ralphie declines, and that is a major faux pas and a major slap in the face. It is. And not so subtle would be Polly's reaction when he says, 
let's whack this cocksucker and be done with it. Right. See, that's such a funny thing. Just the fact that right. Polly would say that in response to Ralph saying, no, I don't want to have a drink. That's yeah. how big the impact of refusing the drink is. Yeah. And it also, it pulls you right out of that feeling of it's a Western yeah. and right back into a gangster right. movie Yeah, or TV show. Only Polly could deliver that line. That, that is way. true. Yeah. So right back at it, Meadow and Jackie Jr. are cuddling up getting close okay fine meadow passes out and jackie jr is only slightly a dick right he doesn't do anything that we would deem you know at level of melfi terrible uh takes a sneak peek and walks away right yeah the you know devil and angel are on each shoulder and the the angel wins yeah that's right and now these next two scenes are pretty interesting because we get the perspective from Tony and Ralph of what just occurred. And the first one is in Vesuvio with Syl. And it's nice to have this scene, I think, for anybody who's still confused about Tony's reaction to Tracy's death. Because Syl kind of lays it out. He bashed that poor girl's brains in. I hear you. I know. It was a tragedy. The fact is, though, she was not related to you by blood or marriage. She was not your gumad. Ralphie's a made guy, Tone. All things considered, he's got a legitimate beef. Make him disappear or make nice. You only got two choices. It's so amazing. I mean, I just love this. Uh, I mean, love is a weird word to use. But just the fact that, you know, in the world of these guys... A made guy hitting another made guy is more out of line than a guy bashing a pregnant stripper's brains in with his bare hands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It also it also makes a, a note here that Polly doesn't earn as much as Ralph. Right. And that's a big deal because that's one of the main reasons Ralph is still hanging around is that he's really good at his job better yeah. than you know veterans like Polly, right right and so that's a reference back to uh you know i i like that sort of like cute reference of sills you know like oh don't be surprised if Polly suggests we take out ralph well of course we just saw Polly suggest <laughs> yeah. just that so it kind of adds another little layer to Polly's comment mm-hmm. i also too there was a subtle look that sill gives uh tony at the end of this scene here um when he says he would never give Ralphie captain, he said, over his dead body. And so it gives a look like, you got to be careful with what you say. Exactly. This shit can happen. Yeah, this could totally escalate to one of you guys dying. Mm -hmm. But we do see in the next scene that Ralph is the only one who's really hurt by what happened. Everybody else is kind of like, hey, he is the boss. This shit happened. And you know what? Yeah, it sucks. Shouldn't have happened, but it did. So we kind of have to move on from here. But Ralph's like, fuck that fat ass. Like, and I thought it was funny, too, that the guys have to, like, look around the diner to see if anybody overheard him. And he's not worried. Doesn't mm -hmm. care. Um, yeah, it's just it's interesting to see the, the two perspectives um, with these two scenes back to back. Yeah. And I really like the kind of a trajectory of Ralph here because you see in this episode a lot of posturing from Ralph and you know we'll get into it obviously with some of the other scenes but like he really plays it both sides you know there's a certain way that he presents his attitude towards the beef with Tony uh, when he's talking to underlings and then there's quite another way that he presents his feelings about the beef when he's talking to you know someone like Johnny Sachs someone over him mm -hmm. you know so Ralphie's you know big time posturing for you know guys like Vito and guys like um gene pontecorvo you know mm -hmm. um and that's just kind of funny to see yeah i'd probably regret not mentioning this Vito joke that is also thrown in here just another Vito joke when ralph just says of tony wow you think i'm afraid of that fat fuck no offense <laughs> right but on to the bing uh this is kind of an interesting scene because it's funny how 
everyone knows now about what's going on with Ralph. Even Hesh is bringing up how it's not good. And we get the Reverend back here who's just taking in some extra turkeys for his community. Yeah, just a bunch of stolen turkeys. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forgot that we get a return to this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was introduced pretty early on in season two. And mm-hmm. here he is back again, still doing business with the crew. Yeah. I guess one thing, too, that I noticed, well, you know, with Hesh and Tony and the conversation, and Tony realizes, you know, a huge plot point of this episode, of course, and it was referenced in the previous scene with Ralph, is that Ralph is due to join the Sopranos for Thanksgiving. Right. Right? And as this whole conversation, you know, addressing that between Tony and Hesh and the other guys and Tony saying like, oh, well, I'm disinviting him, like not even a question. Maybe I was thinking too hard about this, but they're having this conversation about how bad Ralph is and how what he did was so bad right by where Tracy was murdered, you know? Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. I remember that railing, you Mm, know, um, beside the creek. You know, that's where her head got caved in. And that's where they're standing in daylight, you know, as a contrast to nighttime when she was murdered. And I just thought that was like, I don't know if that was intentional. It was just a little touch that I thought about. No, that's very cool. Yeah. So we are getting these um, Thanksgiving plans. And I I just thought, well, this must this must end up being because I didn't really remember end up being another great Burgess Green dinner. But immediately we're getting to the point where people are going to be disinvited from this dinner. This dinner is probably not going to be happening the way we think it's going to happen. And I I really did enjoy actually in this scene when Carmela calls Rosalie or when Rosalie calls Carmela and just Rosalie's reaction to hear that Meadow is interested if Jackie Jr. was coming. And when she says, oh, really? Jackie just asked me about her. My radar's up. Yeah. I just really like that. I really like that because you don't give, I mean, how often does Rosalie get, you know, some really fun lines to play mm-hmm. with? And that was, I thought, really good. And she'll cling on to anything that she can be excited about. You know? I know. Yeah, totally. But yeah, Tony makes it clear they can't come over. She lets Carmela know that really it's going to be up to her to end this uh potential you know invitation to rosalie right. and ralph yeah know. yeah rose Ro and ralph are not welcome and carm's gonna make up an excuse yeah pressures on carmella and now on to a scene where we get the introduction of a new character right gloria trillo gloria trillo yes played by the lovely annabella sorora um, so we get this mix-up in Melfi's uh, waiting room. Right, yeah. Melfi double-booked Tony and um, Gloria. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's great because right off the bat, you know, you can see that Tony is very interested. This is very, this is mm-hmm. a fortuitous mix-up for Tony. Yep. He, like, wastes no time in just sort of taking a moment to kind of take her in, you know, scope the situation out. You know, she's obviously just objectively hot. So, you know, of course, Tony's going to be into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he he plays it pretty cool, but you can tell he's definitely, like, excited at the prospect of getting to know this woman a little better. That's right. I like the closing shot of uh, Tony standing in the waiting room as Melfi closes the door on him. He's just kind of standing and watching. Right. (laughs) That's a good one. Well, we do get that letdown of Rose uh, to Rosalie, and uh, I really felt for Carmela here. It just like sucks that you have to lie to your closest friend, and the the little added prayer is pretty nice right. too. But uh, <laughs> she crosses herself, yeah. But uh, you know, Ralph obviously knows what's up, right? And he looks concerned, and this is what I'm talking about. You know, when he's talking to. Gene and Vito, you know, it's a lot of bravado. Mm-hmm. Fuck Tony. He's fat. You know, right, like, right, right. <laughs> he's just talking so much shit. But then when he and he, you know, of course, declared, hey, I'm not going to go to that guy's like Thanksgiving dinner. Fuck him. But he didn't actually do anything. Right. Right. And then when the cancellation has happened and it came from the Sopranos end, 
you know, you see Ralph's like, uh oh, right. You know, this isn't great. Yeah. So Tony does get that appointment with Melfi later on that day. And uh, again, we get this euphemism regarding Tracy's death where Tony says he caused an early retirement for somebody else. That's so funny. I'm really surprised that he kind of used that euphemism because it's so obvious <laughs> right, right? what that would mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> she probes him like, can you be more specific? Yeah. And that's very specific if you know who Tony is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So this guy who is good for you, works, works, you know, his butt off for you. He killed somebody. Gotcha. Okay. Right. I see what happened. And we get a couple <laughs> important tags. You know, he, Tony asks about Gloria. Mm-hmm. Of course, Melfi can't divulge any information whatsoever, but it just, you know, further underscores the fact that this woman is very much on Tony's mind. And then I like the little unexpected tag of Tony asking Melfi, you know, just the most heartbreaking question, you know, you could imagine. He says, Tonight, uh, you know, it's after hours. Stop. You want me to walk into your car? No, thank you. I have some work I have to catch up on here. Yeah. I, I, I really like the reaction yeah. from Lorraine Bracco. Because later on, she does uh, describe it to Elliot as if she was about to cry and fall into his arms. And you could see that. Right. That she really had this like moment of like she was going to fall forward, but she catches herself. Um, yeah, the whole scene, too, because it was shot... You know, it was supposed to take place later in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very darkly lit in right. her office. And so you're kind of feeling as an audience like, yes, walk with him. What are you doing? <laughs> walk with him. Yeah. He's offering. You're, you're, Rottweiler is offering. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Go. Yeah. Yeah, and we've seen, you know, obviously what can happen when she tries to go to her car alone at night. So, yeah, it's pretty, you know, devastating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he also mentions too in here. I liked his uh, just that little discussion about the art of war by Sun Tzu. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because Tony does. I think he does reference the book later on. I think in a conversation with Johnny Sack, right? Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty He's cool. Into it, yeah. Well, we're moving right along. Um, we're already at the Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, and uh, Janice hasn't been in many episodes this season, right? right? She's taken it. She's cooled off since you know getting beat up by the Russians and and sent uh, sent crawling to the church mm-hmm. to find a safe haven. And I, I I thought it was funny that she brought home a guy who's a narcoleptic because I wrote in my note Janice has brought home a narc. <laughs> Which he kind of did. Right. Right over narcoleptic. And it's just kind of funny that this guy has that trait. You know, the writers, yeah. again, just adding this weird, quirky trait to a character. Yeah, just a super weird, very small but memorable character, Aaron, played by Turk Pipkin. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. You looked it up, huh? Yeah. He sounds like a hobbit. <laughs> Turk Pipkin. You know? <laughs> That's good. But he does have a great role. He does. And what about this shot? I mean, if it wasn't clear before, and if we didn't make it clear in previous episodes, Tony's reaction to Tracy's death is purely a feeling of losing Meadow. As if he lost some for someone so young to be killed like that. And to be right around the same age as his own daughter, it it truly is what connects Tony to Tracy's death in such a deep level. Right. Yeah. 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 We just get a couple frames of Tracy, you know, as uh, Tony sees Meadow carrying the bread. And of course, you know, Tracy with the bread and yeah. Yeah. What I thought was interesting about this too, is that, you know, Tony and Meadow have been at war basically this entire season. Mm hmm. And when he does convey to Meadow how important she is to him and how emotional he is a, towards her, you mm-hmm. know, um, his feelings of protectiveness and love towards her. You know, even though she's been hating him this entire season, in a way, justifiably, uh, yeah. you can tell that she's taken aback and she's touched. And, you know, the uh, 
I guess it, it is like a temporary sort of like white flag in their in their battle because she doesn't like slam him down. She doesn't reject him. She kind of just takes that in, well, accepts it. Yeah, he's obviously pouring out this unexpected emotion, right? And and full of love that yeah, she has to kind of just accept it. Yeah, it's still her dad. Nice little moment for them. Yeah. Well, and then we get a look at uh, Rosalie's terribly pathetic thanksgiving dinner now that she had to make it on the fly yeah uh and you, you can see ralph is like being treated kind of like a kid i mean she starts off the the shot with say my two boys it's uh yeah it's a m- much different yeah dinner ralph is just completely miserable because i think you know it's really setting in that he's in trouble here again i just love how it's just the small gestures that have massive implications mm-hmm. you know turning down the drink disinviting to thanksgiving you know this is kind of like a thing that's escalating and not with violence just with gestures yeah you know yeah uh social gestures i guess yeah and <laughs> To underscore the pathetic nature of um, Rosalie's place, there's that weird clown painting. Yes. Did you notice I that? I did notice that. One of the ugliest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I couldn't believe anyone would ever have that in, in their house. But it just added the perfect touch of you know pitiful detail. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, then back at the Soprano household, they're throwing food at Aaron Right. As he's sleeping at the dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> and it started by Tony, which is great, right. too. Of course, uh, time has elapsed. Jackie Jr. in the previous scene was told by Rosalie, why don't you take yeah. Meadow out? And uh, he does arrive. I actually did like uh, this line from Carmela's mom when the doorbell rings. And she says, oh, my God, who could that be? It's the Boston Strangler. Jesus, Ma. Right. Well, yeah, because her mom has such a ridiculously like it's so strong over reaction. The top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was almost like you can imagine, you know, Livia having sort of a response like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in the first episode, she's like, "I don't answer the phone after dark." <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And I, I found this funny too that uh, Janice has these feelings that stir up when she sees a soprano and an april. Right, so maudlin. Yeah. Yeah, because she's thinking about that April that she murdered. (laughs) (laughs) But somehow in her head, I think she's like, I think that she's done some some sort of like really complicated mental gymnastics Uh uh, to just sort of compensate for the fact that like, yeah, she's a fucking murderer right 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 you know but in her head somehow that's like not how it ended yeah yeah no somebody else killed Je- uh killed richie or he just went away you right, know right, right yeah yeah that's how she's playing it right now jackie jr does take meadow out and this is where i'm like oh, okay jackie jr is a dick because he yeah. just wants to get in meadow's pants and right. she's trying to take it slow because she's just been hurt and he just speeds off. Yeah, I mean, all I can. Car. Yeah, all I can think about is his blue balls. You know, right? Just his yeah, poor blue balls. I mean, he definitely had an ulterior motive there, because she's like, "Oh, you know, we can like hang out with my friend Hunter," and he's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you know," but then makes it really clear that he's not even going to like entertain that at all, right? And just wants to get in her pants. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, on the plus side, he has heard the good news, as Aaron asked. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's just random. He wakes up meeting a fir- this person for the first time, and he asks if he's heard the good news. Right. He has risen, the title of our episode. Yeah. Although I don't think that's why the title is the title of this yeah, episode. I don't yeah. think so either. Uh, so the next scene is in the bedroom with Tony and Carmela, and he's he's flipping through these TV channels. I thought it was funny how he kind of, for a brief moment, lands on a Western. Mm. To, I don't know, just kind of it triggered that that scene there in the casino. Yeah, uh, for me. Yeah, I just sure. thought, oh, you know, maybe the writers were really thinking about a Western in this moment mm-hmm. because it it does it kind of does feel like they meet you know at high noon almost you know just two men. 
you know, in an empty place. You know, that's kind of how it ends up. Maybe, yeah. maybe there is to something to this uh, Western sure idea. But uh, obviously, the big point here is that he's still thinking of Gloria as he stumbles upon a uh, Mercedes commercial. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about getting one of those. Oh, it's cute. Yeah. Yeah, you should get one. So, well. Well, you got permission. Yeah, yeah. Thinking of getting one of those. He's not talking about the car. Wink, wink. Thank you. I wasn't sure what yeah. he was talking about, but now that you winked, winked at me. Yeah, you looked like you needed it spelled out. <laughs> I so. was just like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so the word is going around now. Like, these these guys really do gossip heavily. Mm-hmm. And then because it's going around now, it's, I mean, how quickly it got to everybody that Tony disinvited Ralph. Mm-hmm. And we also get an intro of little Polly. Right in this scene that's a new character and you know tony is still concerned talking Gigi about you know ralph and if ralph is saying anything and if there's any word and it's also noted too by sill that Gigi looks terrible that the job is really taking a toll on him the stress is getting to Gigi, so that's um an important bit of setup that you will not you know recognize as such if you're just seeing this episode for the first time right so as far as this relationship between Johnny Sack and Ralph, it seems like it goes pretty far. Like they've been friends for a while, it seems like, for Ralph just to show up to a New York guy's house. And even Johnny Sack knows about the disinv- invitation to Thanksgiving. And Ralph can just simply open up and complain to Johnny Sack is pretty... I don't know. Kind of crazy, really. Yeah. To think about. Right. Well, yeah, there are some implications here for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we see that Johnny Sack, you know, he represents New York, but of course he lives in Jersey. And this is exactly what Tony was nervous about, this sort of thing. You know, he just, Johnny Sack being in the middle of Jersey business, being in a position to weigh in mm-hmm. and to kind of manipulate things a little bit, you know, in a way that is advantageous to him. Exactly what Tony was concerned about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we get a little bit too, I guess, of, uh, you know, Ralphie backstory and, you know, it kind of explains why he, you know, theoretically wasn't a part of the first two seasons of this show. Yes. Um, because he was down in Miami. He was in you Miami. Yeah. Right. Uh, where he was introduced heavily to cocaine. Right. And was one of his excuses for Tracy's death is that he was hopped up on it. Right. And uh, I liked, too, that Johnny Sack kind of lays it out for Ralph of how this really is going to play out for him. Because however the history happened, um, it played out in favor of The Sopranos and New York having very strong ties. So Ralph's not ever going to be one person who's going to get in between those strong ties right. because that, that, you know, we don't know the history of it, but somehow the Sopranos are close with New York. And now that the Sopranos are in charge, that's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we, we do end the scene with Johnny Sack saying that basically he will be the intermediary between Ralph and Tony and Ralph at the end too makes a point. No, I wouldn't want Capo. Right. If Tony offered it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we begin, you know, what is a little bit of a hilarious thread <laughs> of Johnny as he's trying to, you know, broker peace right. between <laughs> Tony and Ralph, you know, says that Ralph is open to the opposite of what he just said he was open to. <laughs> yeah. 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 Johnny Sack is playing an interesting game here. Your favorite character here yeah. is playing an interesting game. It's a dangerous one, I would say, too. Definitely. Yeah. You know, Johnny uh, sits down with Tony and they get into it. You know, you get a dark moment here again where Johnny is, you know, kind of arguing on Ralph's behalf, but in a subtle way, because, you know, Johnny is smart. He doesn't want it to appear like he's telling Tony what Tony should do. But just that moment where he kind of says grimly, But she was a whore, Tony. You know, I don't want to talk about that situation ever again with anybody. You understand me? You know, it's like, ugh. well, what I thought about that is that I, I saw it as the more and more people are calling Tracy a whore 
and excusing her death because she was a whore. I think the more Tony feels like they're saying that about Meadow, but not literally, you know, they're, right. they're kind, because he still he so closely equates that death to his thoughts about his own daughter that when they keep saying like she was a whore, she was a whore. He's like, that's no excuse. Like I have a daughter that same age, no little girl that age, whore or not whore should be murdered in such a fashion exactly you know and i think that's where it really like tips tony over um and he kind of goes off a little bit yeah yeah you're right and you know tells johnny hey like in a way i see what you're doing here and you need to butt out yeah this is the whole point i brought it up before and i'm bringing it up again like don't get involved in our business Mm -hmm. you can live here and do you know we'll work with you but like you know, don't like play politics with the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. But in the end, Tony's like, hey, if Ralph does want to talk, fine. He can right. talk to me. Right. And yeah. then he does tell Ralph in this next scene is just so funny to see how Ralphie is like so, so relieved to hear that Tony is open to talk. I, I But I, I just feel like, you know, when I was watching, I was like, this can't end well. Like. These sort of situations, they don't end well. They usually end with, well, I was told you wanted to say you're sorry. Well, I was told you wanted to say you were sorry. Well, I don't want to say sorry. Well, neither do I. And then they're still at each other's throats, if not worse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed the uh, pivot that Ralph undergoes in this scene Uh from being so grateful and appreciative and relieved that Tony is going to, you know, Dane to speak to him and have a meeting with him to getting off the phone. Jackie Jr. enters the scene and then Ralph is back to posturing and slamming Tony. Yeah. You know, it's just great. It is. And then it ends with him saying to Jackie Jr., you know, if you need X, let me know. Right. I got a guy for you. And we pick up that thread that was established, you know, in Ralph's introductory episode, um, you know, episode two of this season when he was really trying to you know groom jackie in the ways of the gangster mm-hmm. yeah he also i liked it he, as he's walking away he says be good walks away scratches his ass right <laughs> <laughs> jackie's just left there like what yeah what was that all about uh this next scene i really enjoyed i'm glad they had a scene like this because we do kind of want to see how melfi is dealing with you know, this post-traumatic stress that she obviously has. And, uh, I, you know, I, I like that she's complaining about her patience. I like that she, too, is kind of outraged at the trivial complaints of all these people when she was raped. Like, right. it's not fair that she has to sit here and listen. And, like, you would think, yeah, obviously that would be a very difficult thing for this person to do who went through such trauma yeah Yeah. she has very serious problems of her own and she just can't voice them you Mm -hmm. know to these people so yeah that's got to be really hard yeah and elliot's great too i just you know his sympathy for her and uh, validation of her struggles right yeah and you know it was an interesting scene because it's not part of any sort of storyline really it's just sort of there to you know maintain a bit of a presence for melfi and and that's cool yeah. So then we go to what is a very interesting <laughs> and very fun scene. Yeah. Uh, the apology scene. Yeah. I was going to ask. Okay. So this is where I feel like, okay, it's high noon. The streets have been cleared or Vesuvio has been cleared and it's just Tony. And I was just thinking like, does Tony just have permanent anytime reservation at Vesuvio that he can eat there and have something cooked for him, even if there aren't open? Right. Is that the situation? Is that the deal he has with Artie right now? Clearly. Right? Because he's <laughs> always eating there. They're all always eating there. They're just hang there's no one in the restaurant. It's just Tony, Polly, and Chris. And Polly and Chris have left Tony alone to eat because they know Ralphie's about to show up. So he's sitting there eating. They're watching him eating. Mm-hmm. Then Ralph comes in and they greet Ralph. And then he walks up to Tony who doesn't, you know, his gaze doesn't leave his pasta. Right. He is uh, 
you know, he's post. I mean, it's all posturing here. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just love how Tony is going to make this as humiliating for Ralph as he possibly can. Mm-hmm. And it's just really not what Ralph expected. You know, he expected some sort of discussion, a conversation. And, you know, maybe it went through Tony's head that he would go that route. But then there's something about just seeing Ralph there. Mm-hmm. And it's like he decides right away. And I'm just going to make him suffer. Yeah. I wrote here, Tony just swinging his big boss dick. I think that is the accurate way to describe what's going on. There's no sitting for Ralph. Yeah. Forces Ralphie to admit what he did, everything that he did that was wrong. And and Ralph is semi-sincere, I would say. Um, But it's definitely just not how he was expecting it to go. Right. Yeah. And you get the sense that it really wouldn't have mattered what Ralph said. Tony Mm -hmm. was still just like, no, I'm not done punishing you yet. Yeah. You know, and also you have to remember, I guess, that in that very, you know, opening scene between them when Ralph had the gall to turn down Tony's drink offer, you know, Tony hasn't forgotten that. Mm -hmm. Now we get a look at Gigi's crew in this next scene at Richie's old place. Yeah. Because he is part of, he's in charge of the April crew. So they're still at that, that residence. Yep. We get just a note here, a note, just a a little check mark that Gigi has constipation. Everybody note, Gigi (laughs) has constipation. Yes. This will be on the test later on. (laughs) Yes. But from there, we're back at Johnny Sachs and Ralph is, if anything, you know, truly upset and kind of talking crazy i mean i know you mentioned before he's saying things differently to his crew than he is to johnny sack mm-hmm. well he's kind of basically saying he's gonna take tony out right like he wants to kill tony and johnny yeah. sack is not having any of that of course not that's fucked up that's crossing the line but yeah ralphie's at the end of his rope you know he's just been completely humiliated uh <laughs> you know he really like humbled himself before tony mm-hmm. And Tony just, you know, let him twist in the wind. So, yeah, you can see, hey, this thing is is escalating further. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, This th- those scenes are good. These are, like, really two good actors, and uh, I like how they play off each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and from there, we, <laughs> we get a little beat of uh, Gigi constipated. Super constipated. Just struggling. <laughs> right. I mean, such a... Such a lovely image here, <laughs> sitting on the toilet, trying to force one out. Yeah. Just newspapers all over the floor. He's got like his porn yeah. just splayed out, you know. Uh, it's it's <laughs> quite the portrait. Now, uh, wasn't expecting Uncle Junior to be in this episode, to be honest, but yeah. I'm glad he is. And I really actually enjoyed this scene. Crabby Uncle Junior, for sure, still struggling with chemo cancer but i like this conversation between tony and uh, uncle junior because you know junior is still technically boss technically and from that standpoint he is clearly laying out tony's problems for him and the conundrum that he is in but he's giving tony the kind of outside perspective like a b- outside boss perspective that tony can't see right now yeah that's an, it's it was a really it's a well written it was nice i liked it right yeah yeah i completely agree you know it's um tony and junior and uh they're on good terms and junior's just like hey you know i'm just gonna give you my honest uh appraisal of this situation and tony i think it's you know interesting to note that tony's had his fun with ralph at this point and he's sort of sobered up and he's like, wait, I still have this huge problem on my hands. You know, yeah. I have this guy that I don't like, but he earns a lot. Also, the Gigi thing isn't really working out, you know, as Junior brings to Tony's attention, but there's not really an easy way to solve that. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't fire Gigi because that would reflect poorly on Tony as a leader, make him look indecisive and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he just can't bring himself to put Ralphie in a position of power, you know, in any way. Uh, so he's just between a, a rock and a hard place. You know what? Speaking of a hard place. Oh, yeah. Well, the constipation has caught up 
to Gigi. Oh, indeed. And he dies on the toilet. Yep. And again, just these kind of random happenings in the Sopranos where you get a character where you're like, oh, Gigi, okay, yeah, oh, cool. Now mm-hmm. he's a capo. But I'm starting to feel like there's like a curse on the April crew in general. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now Gigi's dead, and that leaves a, a large vacancy in the April capo situation and uh, kind of makes Tony's choice here a little bit easier for him because he does see at the funeral he doesn't have many options right yeah yeah i just kind of like that that slow pan across you know the potential Mm. new capos and they're all just doing something that makes them look sort of stupid (laughs) in the moment you know just kind of not right you know um as leadership uh, candidates right and you see that tony is kind of forced to make a a reluctant choice i mean yeah still even says so is a vacancy there's a lot of business to do you thought about who it's gonna be and so slowly turns his head to tony Mm-hmm. And I really like that. It's like, Tony, this is your opening. Right. You should take it. Yeah. There's a ton of really great lines in this scene, mm-hmm. too. Just, you know, throwaway gags, uh, malaprops. Uh, Polly refers to heart disease because, of course, heart attack is what killed Gigi when he was on the Pisha Do. Right. And, uh, you know, Polly calls heart disease the silent killer. That's wrong. Cancer <laughs> is what's known as the silent killer. And then <laughs> and then like they they go into this whole riff about, you know, famous people that died on the toilet. Right. And then at that point Sil says, "Yeah, that guy like out in Hollywood Don something, right. producer of the Simpsons. What he meant was Don Simpson." <laughs> one of the producers of the movie top gun (laughs) so there's just all these like stupid ass lines in this in this scene but it's Uh, great i mean it's perfect because it is you know uh a very comedic broad ridiculous thing that has just happened yes yes it is (laughs) also they're wearing very goofy pattern ties yeah i don't know if you noticed that either but they're not appropriate funeral ties at all they're colorful, yeah. lots of pattern. I mean, I know it's like early aughts, but let's try to find a solid tie, guys. <laughs> well, I think in general, this scene is supposed to be kind of played almost purely for laughs. Like, um, yeah. there's just in, in, you know, nuanced ways, they just sort of make it clear that this scene is supposed to be funny. I think the ties are part of that. Yeah. I also think the like super loud organ music in the background, <laughs> yeah. you know, just to heighten the ridiculous of this, like, yeah. you know, it's a solemn occasion, a funeral of a guy who died, you know, before his time. But he died, you know, taking a shit. Yeah. So it's funny. Yeah. 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 I, I, again, just that slow pan across all the numb nuts in the April <laughs> group. Numb nuts, exactly. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But he has no choice, right? Right. So this next scene, he has a big pill to swallow and uh, gives Ralph Capo. Yeah, what Ralph wanted, but it is sort of still a replay of their previous scene when they were alone once again in Vesuvio. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, Tony makes it clear, like, in a way, hey, you're just getting this on a technicality. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still bad blood, you know, when Ralphie says, so we're finally going to have that drink, and Tony just very pointedly is like, you know, no <laughs> yeah he doesn't even say no he doesn't even really give ralph a response he just kind of shakes his head like you fucking kidding me yeah and he just gets up and walks right out without yeah. another word so you know it's clear that like ralph may have gotten the big promotion that he dreamed of all this time but it's not because tony suddenly thinks he's a good guy no no the riff is not mended not at all no Okay, so we're we're really close to the end of the episode and we get this fucking scene 
from Meadow mm-hmm. and Jackie Jr. Where they're out hanging with friends. His friend is kind of saying, oh, you haven't slept with her yet. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's very much bothering Jackie Jr. And then Meadow, almost as a child would, takes his car keys, drives off in his car, nearly crashing into another car, but sends his car over a ravine, a short, Mm -hmm. small little ravine, and crashes it. Yeah, wrecks his car. What? What? I just, I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? What is, what? Yeah. I didn't get it. And but I did think there was a very funny line in here, where he goes to the car, he's trying to help her out, and she says, "What's the matter? My purse is stuck." (laughs) Yeah. I just it's just silly and but then they're gonna hook up well yeah oddly this is what brings them together you Mm. know after everything when meadow says you know that she's she wants to spend the night with him so right you know jackie's finally getting what he wanted so you know it was worth it Mm -hmm. uh her wrecking his car you know he he traded his car in but he got you know finally to consummate with Meadow. <laughs> Interesting. I just put this together. Yeah. But her his car's wrecked. They have sex. Tony, in the next scene, goes to look at a car. He has sex. Oh. That's weird. Well, it's funny because I didn't get that specific with it as you just did. But I did just take note of the fact that... You know, we have a romance blooming with Tony, yeah, which is new, and a new romance blooming for his daughter, you know, in the same episode. Mm-hmm. The little parallel action there. Yeah, but the car. Let's right. focus on the car. Let's focus on the car. So he goes to get a Mercedes and finds Gloria. They take it out for a spin to his yacht where she has to place a call to Melfi. Right. Which I found interesting that he, yeah. she had to place a call to Melfi while she was with Tony, that she's not going to be coming in. And I'm pretty sure Melfi does think she heard Tony. Oh yeah, she does for sure. She knows. Right. Yeah, she knows. I mean, I think it's brief enough to where she's not like a hundred percent, but she's got to be like 92% that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that was Tony. Um, and that she's being lied to by Gloria. Right. Uh, I also like the scene when, I mean, uh, you know, just in the in the scene when Tony uh, absconds with Gloria, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I love the back and forth dialogue. You know, we get some great car as vehicle for sex innuendo, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, something that goes back many years, sure, you know, drive yes. my car. Little yeah. red Corvette. Yeah. Tony's there for a test drive, but, you know, he's really there to uh, test drive that ass, if you know what I mean. Ah, uh, well, what better way to end an episode of The Soprano Show? <laughs> well, let me mention something else. Yes. And I wasn't sure exactly where this fit in, but I definitely was like, oh, that's interesting. This uh, episode ends with the song, The Captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know. The the lyric is, you can be the captain and I'll be no one. Right. And we got, you know, Ralph finally getting his promotion to captain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We should also mention that he has risen, he is risen, would be Ralph's now ascension to Capo. Yeah. Be another thing there but a good episode i mean not ranked high on imdb i would still say high on my list i was surprised by that actually because i think this episode is very strong and i like it i think that it sets up a lot of like really important things here you know set up episodes are good yeah yeah i mean I, i don't know there's there's a note at the end as we kind of fade to black and we see like tony's getting into you know he's getting heavy into uh a relationship with a new Gumar and you know it's kind of like oh here we go again mm-hmm. you know where's this gonna lead what's this gonna mean what are yeah. the implications here you feel sort of like a uh you know yeah 
Yeah. Well, that does it for this episode of The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Join us next week. Until then, if you're enjoying the podcast and you would like to support it, there are many ways to support the show. You can leave a review and a comment and a star rating on Apple Podcasts or any of the podcast apps that we have out there. You can also follow us at The Soprano Show on Twitter. But like we do with every episode, we end with our favorite line. Hannibal, do you have a favorite line from this episode? I do, yeah. yeah. And it comes from um, Uncle Junior's soul scene yeah. in this episode. And uh, I just liked the bit where he very, you know, directly lays out what it is to be boss. And he says... All good questions. Great. It's the fucking answer. Who says there is one? That's what being a boss is. You steer the ship the best way you know. Sometimes it's smooth, sometimes you hit the rocks. In the meantime, you find your pleasures where you can. What I like about that quote is that yeah. I think it is true. Yeah, I think it's an accurate description of what leadership is, but it also just sort of in this moment represents Junior being very straightforward with Tony and genuinely just trying to be there for him as an advisor and right. as a mentor. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. I really, I, again, that scene, I really enjoyed that scene. Another scene where you're like, hey, you don't really need Junior in the scene, but you, you, it paid off yeah. in a big way. Well, mine is a little bit more hysterical and it was so subtle that I was so glad I caught it because uh, I've never heard or remembered this line ever being said in the show. It's when Tony is telling Carmela that she will have to cancel with Rosalie and he's not putting up with anything Carmelo's throwing back at him. And he says, Just do it, all right? Enough of this jets and shit. I'm going over to Mr. Spacely's house for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, where did he get that? Right. Oh, but it's it was so good. I was just like, I've never heard that in The Sopranos before. I've never <laughs> heard that from this episode. And I'm so glad I caught it this time. Probably but... just came from, you know, one of those Saturday mornings when he was sitting with his honeycomb. Honeycomb. That's right. Watching the cartoons.